Yeah, this is Danny Stewart, uh, half-brother of uh, Kim Marauders coach, Ricky Stewart. <coughs> well, what a difference a week makes in footy, eh? Last week, everyone hated Rick. No one wanted to play for Rick. Everyone's wife hated Rick. Everyone's dog hated Rick. Well, uh, to all the haters, the Jake Jigs this world, you can uh, you can shove that one up your tremendous. Because <coughs> that took a lot of coke to that win. Now, Talisman down, 20 to go, against a bloody good football team. Uh, you look through that Bulldogs team, uh, Willie Wake and Barry Ogden, Matt Meaney. <coughs> Some bloody good football players in that team. And then you've got uh, that fucking turncat out on the wing, uh, Nitch Chotrich. Uh, <laughs> oh, spare me. I'm just uh, having a bit of a chuckle about uh, how Trent Barrett thought he was a centre. Yeah, good one, Trent. Numbnuts. <laughs> but they got a really embarrassing of riches, the dogs, and uh, that was a bloody good two points, and two points we really needed. Um, we're going to have a few out for the storm on the weekend, but uh, it'll give, uh, give us a chance to unleash the Williams brothers for the first time. Uh, they've been playing together since, uh, young... Hey? What? The, uh, the fuck you talking about? Of course they're brothers. Uh, just the, uh... Just the missus trying to tell me they're not related. Fair dinkum. Fuck would she know. But, uh... Nah, we're, uh... As my old mate, uh, Winston Churchill once said, they, uh... <coughs> an optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. And uh, we've got to apply that to the weekend because uh, we're going to be under a bit of adversity. We're going to have a few out, but uh, it'll give a few young boys an opportunity. And I, uh, <coughs> I, uh, I firmly believe this football team is uh, moving on up, moving on out. <coughs> and I uh, firmly believe that uh, nothing can stop us. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we are the third most popular uh, Raiders podcast on the internet. Coming moving, to you. moving on up. Really? Especially after last week's uh, last week's episode. And talking about moving on up, I, I think we can all agree that uh, Danny Stewart, um, well, he's obviously too good for this podcast. <laughs> I think we can all agree. Enjoy him while he lasts before he gets an offer to go. Yeah, to go I, I think the greenhouse else. pod is already uh, sniffing around. Sniffing around. No chance. No chance. No. But uh, yeah, no. It, it, it's our sort of our surge of popularity. I think it's it's coincided with the arrival of of Danny Stewart. And look, he says it like it is. And um, who can fold it? Who can fold it? I think it's fine. But we are the third most popular Raiders podcast uh, on the internet, coming to you from the filthiest storeroom buried somewhere in the depths of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal. Will we, Blake? No. And we are brought to you with the somewhat less dubious support of The Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Get on board and get engaging with your fellow Green Machine fans. Um, as well as the cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records. Come in and buy your CDs, your LPs, your T-shirts, your clothing, your machinery if you're playing music on from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. You do love the Canberra Raiders a lot, don't you, Blake? Oh, I wouldn't be doing this show if I did. No, no, you wouldn't. It's not the sort of thing you do out of hatred, is it? You have, you have to have this blind, like, love to, to front up. Um, and, and it took it to even that, to even front up on Saturday night. I mean, that's right. And, and look, let's let's go back to the the match against the dogs. I mean, I think we ran the gamut of emotions from A to Z in that match, did we not? We did, we did. When when uh, Papa went off, I thought, you know, that's that's it. Game set match. There, Here we go again. There were people sending me messages. Now they're not going to make the ask clown of the week this week saying gone. I believe I got that one was a tweet. From, yeah, yeah. Was it a tweet? I thought it was a message from. It wasn't me. just to you. That was to everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I assumed at that point. Yeah, we. we and what we, did we, I respond? I believe. Or believe. 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 Yeah. Because one thing I, I, I don't know when you said that though. Yeah, probably after a third glass of wine. Yeah. No, no. But at that point, I did. But I mean, I thought down to eleven. Jack's off. Papa's off. Oh my god. Any other team Any would have would have team. put us to the sword. Any other team, I don't. Maybe the Bron- even the Broncos probably would have been able to get oh, it. No, they might have trapped the bed too. But um, if we were up against a Manly or yeah, you know oh, yeah. or a Storm or a Roosters, yeah, or... there would have been nothing. There would have been nothing. And right. I think Papa and Josh were basically came up and said, right, Jack's off, and we've got to rise with twelve men, and they were trying to muscle up to show we can still win this. And that's when Papa gets Katoa in the head with his shoulder. Yeah. 
I don't think there was a lot of malice in it, but obviously I don't think there was any malice in there, but he got him. Yeah. And and consistent with what else they did on the weekend, it was a consistent call. And I've been calling for protecting the head of players. I mean, when Penny Terrapo smashed Jordan Raffner in the head a few years ago and nothing happened, I was ropeable because it had the same effect. The player went off, there was a reshuffle of the side, and Parramatta won because they took advantage of that. Um, I, I think in that circumstance, if I'm going to scream out for that, I have to scream out for this too, or I have to agree with it. And as much as I don't think there was any malice or forethought in Pup, I don't think that's his go. Um, no, but he's he he's him. he's had. If, if you look at like some of those ones, I what was the one in 2019? Mm. The one on was it Cook? Oh, and he didn't get end up getting charged before the grand final. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. that's probably a send off today. Yeah, yeah, I totally a send off. So look. People have been coming and saying, well, what's going to happen in the finals? You know, is this going to go into the finals? No, it won't go into the finals, people. What's going to happen in Origin? That's the big question. They've already said they're going to apply these level of stringent rules at Origin level, and I I find it hard to believe. But if we're going to talk about the broader sort of issue of concussion and high shots and everything else, no one thinks that swinging arms to the head are a good thing. No, but we did see um, Felice Cavusi. Yeah, he's playing this week. Playing this week, wrapped her head right around Corey Norman's face, hit him in the nose. It's clear as daylight. It established record. Didn't even get reported. I know. Well, that's the big thing. Eh? If we're going to come down on the rules, fair enough. We want consi- we want you know consistency. Consistency, and and we're not going to get it. No, you never do with the NRL. But um, so this week's uh, twenty dollar Blake and the Pork Landspeed uh, Records voucher for Man of the Match, I believe, was fairly obvious. Josh Hudson. Josh Hudson. I mean, I don't think if he doesn't come on and play the role that he does. And but what position was he playing? Because I couldn't figure it out. Was he halfback? Was yeah, he five eight? He was, was he Was he, he was, lock? He was basically lock slash halfback slash, which is kind of where I thought that he could come on and and play a role. And he was he was first receiver, so the I two halves went like Yeah, that oh, was, he was playing. He was playing in the middle. He he did a great job. And apart from you know what he did on the field, when Papali went off. You saw the players were in a huddle. Yeah. And he was the one. He's the, he's, he says he's not the captain anymore. He's still no. the leader. He's the one that made it happen. He's the one barking the instructions, you know. Yeah. Follow me, boys, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's, and he's, he's the man. And that's why, you know, we want to see him playing when he's not suspended. Well, I mean, I don't just want to see him playing. I want, want to, see to see him stick around. I want to see him stick around. I want to see him back as captain. I've made that clear to anyone who'll listen. Um, that's that's my position on. I, I've never left his corner for the simple reason that I have seen zero reason to leave it, but I've seen plenty of reasons to be there. He's not just a good player; he's a great bloke and he's got integrity. I mean, he's exactly what you want in a club. But also, too, he's the clutch player. Like he he's when he's you look when player. you look at that when you know for so long we'd lose those close ones, mm. and we're like we need we need the clutch player who stands up because mm. the good teams have. You know, yeah. whether it's your Cooper Cronk or whoever it is, DCE. or I'm going to play this play. DCE, yeah, they they back themselves and and they might not always win, but they back themselves. Yeah. There's a chance they will win. And Cooper Cronk, yeah, he's that clutch player. Well, he usually, really did. <laughs> he usually did ridiculously win, against the Raiders. I mean, those, those times we almost had them beaten, but then he'd do this magnificent kick, and Billy Slater would get it and yeah. he'd lose, and it'd be horrible. But um, they turned into a team when they went down to eleven. Yeah, as. If, well, as Josh Hodgson, a couple of other honourable mentions though for for yep. the for the twenty dollar voucher. Yep. Uh, Corey Harawira Nida, best that's game, yeah, best game he's played quite easily and lifted when they were down. He actually rose at that point. Yeah, and and was looked constant. They obviously they had a, a, a plan for him to run at um, I think it's Wakeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The small hub. I mean, that's but he did it. Yeah, you run at the small halves. That's 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 what the good teams do. Uh, Curtis Scott. Probably his best game. Definitely in defence. Yeah, but also to the try he scored. He had a bit of work to do there. And, and he did, did and he did, it, he did it really well. Uh, but his defence, I thought, was pretty good. Yeah, Curtis Scott was really good. And the other one, Semi Valame, came back in. And look, he shouldn't be out of the team. No, 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 no. And I was calling. who was calling for him at the beginning of the season? Now, was it at the expense of Jordan Rapiner? Yes, it was. Did I get that wrong? Absolutely, I did. And he has certainly inserted that if, up. If Jordan Rapiner was back this week, I would have him coming in at the... Replacing Bailey Simonson, absolutely, and I would keep Semi Valame because there's so much upside to that guy. There's so much upside. There's so much leg drive. There's so much you can see. He's not just up for the challenge, but he wants to do something. He's looking to get his hands on yeah. the ball and do something, and and he shouldn't be out of the side. And he almost he you know he by all rights he should have scored a try mm. when he ran through, caught that ball and ran through. He and just it was that, got... that tiny little stumble he took. That tiny yeah. little stumble he took. 
and that gave uh, Dallin Wadnay Zelezniak just enough time to grab him. Carry and it was, around the boot laces. It, and yeah. it still had to be fantastic tackle to make it. Like, and because Semi actually thought he was there, he wasn't reaching out. Had he actually reached out, he would have scored. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, the thing they did, right thing, he didn't like do the double movement. Uh, no, which was great. And the other, the other real the highlight of Semi's game was um, when he beat like three or four players to get the ball. Out of the end goal. goal. That was incredible. I think that was the play of the game. I thought that was the play of the game because at the stage when he did that, um, we were down. I think Jack had come on back on the field at that point. Probably. But it's a blow. He got the ball. He went for the ball with complete intent. And from the moment he got it, he wasn't being guarded. He was going to get out of the end goal. And most players give up on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see three or four players in front of you, they give up on it, but he wasn't giving up. And he got out. What did he go over the 20? Yeah. And it set from that point on, I think. I know the Bulldogs scored the late try. Um, Just to make us really nervous. Make us really (laughs) nervous at the end, and then they dropped it, which was fantastic. But from that point on, I think we looked like the better side, in spite of the fact we were down a man. And they started going, oh, they started contemplating, oh my God, we could lose this. Well, we actually have, if you think back, you know, obviously not 13 and 11 and crazy Mm. PVL magic round madness. But in the last few seasons, when we've been down to 12 men, the time uh, when... Cottridge got sent off um, in Wollongong. And so yeah, we've yeah, actually yeah. done all right. Oh, yeah, we've they, got a bit of a track record. And Josh Hodgson, we sort of he, step up he a does bit. this thing. He directs traffic back through the centre. It's a very simple game plan. One off the ruck, in and out, and they focus the play. They play the field position, and they, they congest that line, and they slide as hard as they can. It's a very simple plan, and Hodgson executes it beautifully. Yeah. Um, that's why he's like there. But it also another high point of the Dogs match, it was the most points we've scored in the second half this season. <laughs> yes. So yeah. that, that was that was quite remarkable. So that was good. We scored some points in the second half, actually. So the Whiten incident, um, my feeling on that is we saw in that game on both sides, and I'm just in this game, I'm not talking about all over the weekends, that many players who were already in tackles, like Jack was, he was already in that tackle. He didn't come in as a third man. He'd already been in. He, re- he re-engaged on the legs to bring them down. We saw players from both sides doing that constantly because Chris Butler was not calling held and enforcing it where they were putting the man to the ground even after it was held all he was doing was going in to put the man to the ground the difference between that and 50 other incidents that game was there was an injury to Elliot and that's unfortunate but I don't think Jack it was definitely not a cannonball it wasn't third man in aiming at legs he was already in the tackle he didn't come running in like a cannonball he literally just dropped down to grab the knees to put him on what happened was an unfortunate fail I was very upset that he was sin bin for it um, I, I don't think it was different from anything else. Um, I was very surprised he's had a, a suspension from it. Um, it's nothing to do with protecting the head. It was beaten up as, oh, people called cannonball. But that doesn't make it a cannonball. The Papali'i suspension, we've already talked about that. He got him. Do I think a grade three reckless is right? No, I would have said a grade two. Yeah. Um, I would have said careless. If they'd said a grade three careless, I probably would have gone to it. But grade three reckless, I thought was a little bit much. Um, three weeks, I can accept that. Um, I would have preferred two, but I could have accepted Bad them. for him that one of them's origin, probably good for us. Yeah, but he'll get back into the origin side. It's not like oh, of course. someone else of course. will get a chance and he won't get back in. But the one that pissed me off the most... Now, I have no question that Josh Hodgson chicken wing Thompson. In the wrap-up of that, was, there's there no was... question that there was a chicken wing. But Thompson's... Knuckles into the eye sockets of Josh Hodgson that they weren't considered, they weren't cited. If someone's got their knuckles in my eye sockets, I'm doing anything I possibly can to get them out. And well, that's kind of weird because when, when you when you first saw it, it was just he was trying to strip the ball. Yeah, he was, and then uh, he fails because Thompson's onto him and he falls to the ground, but he still keeps pulling. So Thompson's pushing away, but on his face now. The NRL's all about protecting the head. Doesn't seem to be about protecting the freaking eyes, though, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was a weird one. It was. I'm not surprised he got suspended because it did end up sort of rolling into sort of a jiu-jitsu-like armbar. But Thompson should have also got sided. And Possibly. I think the ability for teams to side opposition players needs to still be there like it once used to be, where you I can actually say... about that, yeah. Yeah, where you can cite them and say, okay, because at this stage, and it has been this way for years, we don't have the mechanism whereby you can look at um, what's caused the incident, whether that's been incited, whether that is a reasonable reaction to what's happened. Um, you know, it's like when Jonathan Thurston used to reach around to get Luke O'Donnell in, in origin and slap him in the face to see if he'd get O'Donnell to punch him. Now, for mine, if O'Donnell punches him and you look at the replay and said, well, Thurston just slapped you in the face, 
Thurston, 10 in the bin for you. Penalty Blues, you deserved your beating. It's like when you look back at Curtis Scott going berserk on Dylan Walker. Well, Curtis Scott got sent off for that and he got suspended for it. But Dylan Walker asked for it and he got it. And there has to be a thing about provocation in there. While I don't think Thompson's was premeditated, he certainly did it and it had to be taken into account and it wasn't at any stage. Mm. And I know what the Raiders have done. They've accepted all the charges because they knew this weekend there was no point in fighting anything. Nah, nah, just just take the pleas. And they also probably thought, we're going to lose to the Storm anyway, so let's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's have an excuse for that. Let's, but, let's um... take it on our chin. The one thing I would say about the sin bins, and you know, this is what you know, the concern oh, is... Oh, then Ogden doesn't get sin bin for his late tackle from behind on Louis. Louis. I know. Nothing. WTF? Yeah. And so what this all comes around to is if there's an incident, and this is what we're going to see, and I guess this is what we, we saw to an extent on the weekend, stay down on the ground. And that's what's going to happen every game. It's yeah. not going to speed up the game that's because, you know, um, the white one, he gets sent to the bin wall because Elliot's Stays on the down. ground hurt. And rightly so. He was definitely hurt. And, I mean, he wasn't staging. And Thompson as well, He after he had his arm wrenched, he really made a... Made a big deal about it. Yeah, yeah. So Louis, yeah, what the coaches were saying. But in that to... case, Hodgson should have stood up and said, "He's yeah. gouged my eyes," and completely changed the dialogue, the narrative on that one. Louis should should have then, and the coaches probably said to him, "Stay down, make more of a make more of a big deal out of the incident." You know, there's a chance that he'll go to the bin, and the numbers will be even up. Mm. But that's that's what we'll see. I think every week now, and so these players should. will be staying down. And so you should, and, and that's the problem they put themselves into for for making marginal incidents. Such severe yeah. consequence for it. And, and, you know, that grinds my gears, Blake. Do you know why it grinds my gears? You know what really grinds my gears? Because this is one of the things that people have to realise with rugby league. Is that we look at the system in rugby league and assume that there's going to be some law. Not justice, because the law isn't about justice. It's about the law. About what's there. We, are, we assume that there's a law and it's there to be followed and it will be followed fairly. Well, we know that's wrong because it gets followed differently on any given match, depending on who's on the field, who's in the bunker, and what the the thing you know the flavour of the day is. It, it, it's going to be there. But all you fans, and I've been one of them till this realisation came upon me. Those of you who expect it to be changed are kidding yourself, you know. And it grinds my gears that you are kidding myself because how did the referees and the people in the bunker get selected? What was the process? We don't know. What I do know is they used to come through the Queensland Rugby League and the New South Wales Rugby League and be promoted up through the ranks of those and people who did a good job got up. We don't know how they get their jobs now. Who decides on those positions? We don't know. It's close shop. Who's the ground managers and the operations managers that are selected by the NRL to carry out those things that keep trainers off the field? You know, and fail to do so. <laughs> Here we go, we don't, But we don't know who those <laughs> people go, are or how they got their jobs. And we're not going to know. Who are the people at NRL HQ who have the jobs um, in order to run the game? Who are they? How do they get jobs? We don't know and we're not going to go. Who are the people in the match review committee who review the incidents and decide what's going to go on and why? We don't know and we're not going to know. Who are the people on the ARLC board? We do know who they are, but how do they get their jobs and why? We don't know. What we have to accept is the NRL is a closed private company that owns the game that our clubs go into, all they're interested is in an entertainment product to make money. That's it. They don't care about the game. They don't care about who wins or loses, except if it's going to make them more or less money. We all love our side and we go out there hoping there's going to be some sort of law and justice. There isn't. And there's never going to be until there is another Super League-like revolution. And you know what? Who the hell wants that? I don't. And it grinds my well, gears. Well, I thought like, we were promised that the once it went to the ARL Commission, it was just going to be this magical land and everything was going to be perfect. And obviously, it hasn't been the case. No, no, no. And now we've had the PVL revolution, and yeah, that's not going so great now, is it? No. But the one thing I will say about PVL is he's actually interested in the game. You know, we've had someone like Dave Smith who couldn't give a rat's ass about yeah. rugby league. At least Peter Vlandis, you know, has watched rugby league and likes it. So while he's going in there and making some mistakes, and <laughs> this is a pretty big this bonus, is, this is, at least he likes the game. This is this is this is the problem though with all this stuff about rugby league is it's so uh, reactive. It's mm. never proactive. It's always like this changing rules mm. and things on the run. It's okay. Well, this has happened, so now we've got to do this. They never sort of plan enough in advance to think that if you speed up the game. Mm. 
it's going to result in more injuries. Yeah. Or if you... And, they and never... when you're seeing like Brett Finch's rant the other day, I'm not sure if you saw yeah. it, and you think to myself, oh my God, Brett Finch is spot on. He's making sense. <laughs> what is the world coming to, people? <laughs> He's making... Brett Finch is making sense. Complete sense. And, and uh, this is Brett Finch, you know, who's making complete sense. And we've all got to look at ourselves when that happens. Because, like, if you look at the whole concussion thing, like getting back to the overall concussion thing, what percentage of concussions are actually caused by swinging arms to the head? It's not... It's less than 50%. I'd say it's probably about 25%. Because if you think... Look at the two poster boys for concussion in recent times in um, Boyd Cordner and Jake Friend, right? Mm, yeah. How many of their recent concussions do you, actually, wrong place. do you actually recall from them copping a swinging arm to the head? Almost none. The majority of, of like Boyd Cordner's ones are getting his head in the wrong place. And, and Jake Friend hitting... They're actually... When they're, not, when they're with the ball, they're actually doing it to themselves defense, when they're yeah. trying to defend. They're copping a knee or a hip or um, alternatively they're having a head clash with the person they're trying to tackle or yeah, with yeah. Boyd Cordner yeah. he's actually having a head clash with someone like Jared Warrior Hargraves yeah. when they're both going in for the tackle yeah yeah a la uh, Sebastian Chris and Ryan James head yeah. clash same sort of thing and you know the sad thing is I don't think we'll see Boyd Cordner again no he shouldn't he shouldn't he's, he's done ev- he's done everything they're still saying he's on track but he's done everything in the game what's the point in him in playing on I know I know it's just a disappointment there's so few root, uh, ra- uh, Roosters players you can look at and say oh that's an okay bloke but he's that guy yeah, he's all right. I mean, he's all right. He's a simple man. Uh, but so speeding up the game, yeah. the whole Volandi's revolution of speeding up the game and having greater fatigue, that actually probably increases those concussions. Totally. Because it's more, you know, people, when they get fatigued, they're more likely to get their their head in the wrong position. Yeah. You know, you're going to lead to more concussions that way. So, I don't know. I mean, I think the way, if you want to speed up the game, you're looking at the negative wrestling tactics, penalise the hell out of those. You know, but penalise them, and when they're um, negative in the twenty, like the Roosters and the Storm, and uh, were doing so well, and the Seagulls were doing so well in two thousand and thirteen, two thousand and fourteen, particularly defending their line by any means necessary, knowing they'd hold, giving away things. After the third one, penalty try. You know, can you confirm that person yeah. was offside? Can you confirm that person? But that ends that because people suddenly realise on the next one it's going to be a try and possibly a sin bin of professional foul. That's the way to do it, rather than, you know, the six again calls. And we already know, and the refs know already, the six again call happens mostly on the first and second tackles because those sides, while they're getting their line straight in defence, are more than happy to give away a penalty there. So that six again means nothing. On the first and second tackle, it shouldn't be a six again. It should be a penalty for field position. And that would stop that in a second. And then six again for all other incidents. Yeah. But um, we've got to look at... what else has gone out of the game? What? The great touch finder. Oh, yeah. I mean, you still got 40-20s, which obviously you do an advantage. But if you do a great touch finder, there's no advantage now at all. And in fact, you don't really see teams going for it as much, do they? Yeah, they, they can't don't... walk down to the scrum anymore. No. So you're looking used to, to be... nail them in the corner and hold them in there. Yeah. Or you bomb it, you know. You used to you think about the days, Bruce days, of where Ricky would put in a great mm. kick and down the other end. And then you'd the see the touch judge would put his flag up just right in the corner. And, and everyone would cheer. Yeah. It's, that's gone. Yeah, it is gone. That's gone because there's no advantage for it. Unless now. it's a 40-20 or a 20-40. Yeah, and that's the only one you go for. But they're they're nervous about doing it because the wingers and the fullbacks drop back so early. You can't get that as easily the forty twenty. So you have yeah. to go early in the mat in the tackle count, which means you're taking a risk without the ball. But um, we do have to look at who's got a lift. Ooh. I think it's the props this week. Wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah. Well, Papali like was great. Until he was sent off, until yeah. he was sent off, and he was actually in the, the first mullet. in the first half against Newcastle, he was phenomenal as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was those big charges up the middle, and yeah. then then the offloads that that led to points. Um, yeah, the props obviously have to lift. I mean, you look you look at our, our forward pack now, and it is it's resembling a bit of a, a, a sort of round one New South Wales oh, cup that, side. That, that's a bit harsh, there, mate. That's a but, bit harsh. Um, Ryan Sutton back in is, is, is big that's huge and I think we'll see him in the front row rotation I would, I would imagine we've got Gula Starling Louie in the front row Whitehead, are we going through the team now yeah yeah Whitehead Huddlewood and Nida in the second row we've got Hudson Young locking the scrum who does have to lift Huddo he started the first couple of weeks I was had him you know yeah, penciled in for an origin, origin spot, spot. he's and, a million miles away from but that his now. defense is running the ball some of his runs with the ball have been really one dimensional I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to plow into the center here there's no skip in his step where you think oh he might find a hole between those two yeah. I haven't looked at he's him he's also had a few drops as well 
Yeah, yeah. But um, we got them in the in the front row. Then we've got Sutton, uh, Corey Horsburgh, and Ryan James on the bench. So there's there's big units there. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, so I, I don't think it, it, it's gone. But they're up against Christian Wells. It's a monster pack. Brandon Smith, who's had he's a few back. weeks off, so he he's up for it. And you have got Jesse Bromwich. Great front row. I mean, that's a great front row. Yeah. You might say Harry Grant should be their thing, but Brandon Smith was making a pretty good fist of it last year as they won the Premiership, wasn't he? I mean, well, you know, Cameron Smith was still there. Um, and we've got Kenny Bromwich and Kafusi, who should again be suspended, I but somehow Kifusi. is not suspended. Kafusi is my most hated player in the NRL. And then locking the scrum is the multi-talented Dale Finucane from down Beakaway. Um, Looking for a new club next year. My goodness gracious me. Who the hell would let him go? It's probably because he costs more money than they're prepared to spend on that position. Yeah. You know, rather than him being... He's one of those ones like a Tohu Harris where you're going to get value out of it. <coughs> That's oh, I mean, the, the, <clears throat> the Bulldogs would love to have him back, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. They, they're still people are furious about that. You've got Jerome Hughes and a young man by the name of Chris Lewis who's played 12 games. He's out of left field, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but he's for he's a second rower, but he's in 5'8 position. And there'll be a reason for that because he's 190 centimetres tall and he's 105 kilos. That is a whole lot of 5'8". Yeah. That's bigger than Campo. Yeah. That's a whole lot of 5'8". So if he can make a fist of that, and you wouldn't think that Bellamy would have put him in there if he couldn't, that's going to take some tackling right there. And who have we put in at 5'8"? Sammy Williams. Well, nominally Sammy Williams. Nominally, yeah. I agree with that. Then they've got Olam and uh, Remus Smith, uh, another recycled player that's doing well down there in the centres with uh, I think it's George Jennings on one wing and Addo Carr on the other one that's the be the, the Olam um, Addo Carr combination has become quite violently good it's, hasn't it's, it it's lethal it really it's is lethal. and, and uh, then you've got Nico Hines at the back who is looking for a, a starting spot as number one next year and will be looking to for any potential suitors to put on a pretty good show for them um, so while people are saying Papenhausen out is good for the Raiders, I think Nico Hines got a point to prove about what he wants next year, and he's certainly been working on it. So I don't think we'll get any peace there. We got Penne in their fourteen jumper, Aaron Penne. He's only played one game. He's a prop. Um, we've got Kamakamika, who we know what he's, he's a, a beast. Isn't he's he? a weapon. Um, we've got the Tom Eisenhuth model, um, who's also a big beast, and we know what he can do. And of course, you got uh, Paul Gowan's cousin. Uh, is he? Yeah, I told you that a few weeks ago when we had one of the other ones. He had Isn't no idea. Right? We played the Panthers. Yeah. I didn't know. I still don't yeah, know. Yeah. Much shorter. And then we got Nelson Asafa Solomona. Oh, he's the one I really fear. He he's just, just a nightmare to behold. He can wrap everything. Apart. I always flew up to Sydney one Sunday night, and um, the uh, Storm had just were flying back to Melbourne, and they're at the airport, and they just they'd actually lost to the Tigers at Leichhardt that Sunday afternoon, but they were all frantically getting their bags and everything. And Nelson was just inhaling a whole burger basically in one go. He's a big unit. Yeah, it was think, frightening. Was it you who said he looked like a uh, yeah. Bond villain? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. So in our back line, we got... Uh, presently, we got Georgie at, at uh, halfback and Sammy at 5'8". I will not be at all surprised if that shifts around to put Georgie Williams back on his favourite side. Because like, it's this also is the Sammy's favourite side to go on the other one. Yeah. George Williams will... Play. I mean, it mixes the combination, <laughs> but George Williams will go to the left because... Like I said before, that's where he's, that's where he's always that's done his, his best work. Habitat. Yeah, and and when he goes back to the UK next year, which he will, no doubt about. Yeah, he'll be on the left at yeah. Wigan. Well, we got Curtis Scott and Sebastian Chris in the centres. We got Bailey Simons in one wing, Valame on the other. I didn't actually Aikens get. I didn't actually get to do my who's got to lift who, but it's Seb Chris. He did not have a good game against the Bulldogs. There was one passage yeah, of play where he missed Hopewati. Not he missed him on the break. And then he managed to sort of get back into the line and then missed um, Kotrich on the try. And And then there was another occasion too. He didn't have a good game. That's the point when I really hit the wine at that stage because I was like, I was so furious when that happened. I was so angry. And I I was actually blaming Curtis Scott. Took me a little while to realise it was the wrong side of the field. Yeah, no. Not off the Sebastian Chris bus, but he does need to lift in Sebastian. Same, I still... Now, on the bench, we've already said who the forwards are. And then we've got the young Schneider kitty. The young Schneider kitty. Well, that was totally out. No one, no one saw that coming. Now, I was of the appearance of feeling that this is a classic Stuart smokescreen, right? That's they, not. They're going to name him there, and then they're going to dump either Matt Tomoko or Cia Soliola on that. You position. don't name you don't name a kid and make a big hoo ha and post an emotional video on 
social media. Or maybe you do. Uh, and then go, actually, mate, no, sorry. It was all just a smokescreen. You're not playing. Ricky loves the odd crazy left field selection. I mean, Seb Chris caught a lot of people by surprise. We got named for round one this year. Yeah. Um, Matt Allwood, where is, where's he now? Remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a real left field. But when I first saw the team named and saw uh, Schneider was there, um, I was just confused, angry. But I've come around to the idea. You've gone through the stages of grief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, come, I've come around to the idea because I thought Saliva Havili, obviously, you know, Saliva Havili, Tom Starling combination that served us so well last year yeah. seemed the obvious choice. And also, you know, when you're coming up against... Well, Havili and Rushton on the extended bench have been named in the New South Wales Cup side, whereas Soliol and Tomoko have not. Yeah, it still doesn't mean... Tomoko will probably be 18th man. I would I imagine. Suggest, I think yeah. you're right, yep. And and Sia can still play New South Wales Cup. He can still drop back and play New South Wales Cup. But um, the thing about the Schneider one... So I, initially, I was, I was very angry and confused, especially coming up against the monster Storm Pack. And I thought, well, it would make so much more sense to have Havili on there, you know, fight fire with fire. But I've come around to the idea that maybe... You don't necessarily get try and take the storm on head on, and actually, you have Schneider come on to the field, either to replace Sam Williams or potentially to go on as a third half in the second half. And look, a la Hodgson, here's your smokescreen. Here's a smokescreen that could be there. What if Sammy Williams doesn't make the field? Schneider goes on to seven, then Tomoko comes up onto the bench. Well, that's a possibility. That is well. a possibility there, but um, we've got to, you know. The Sharks got some views. Maybe we should hear those. You hear that? There's our season. Yep, it's returning. It's come back from overseas and it's only got 12 men on it because you cannot stop us when we are shorthanded. I know Peter Volandis is trying to steal our season away from us and trying to steal our sport by changing all the rules, making it real bad and unfun to watch like an AFL game. But you know what? I think we need to calm down, really, because, you know, the game is in capable hands. You know, just chill out, Twitter. I mean, I haven't seen many overreactions on the Internet this weekend. Maybe a couple. But I think it's going to be all right, you know? We know who's making these, these rule changes, all right? It's not Peter Volandis. It's Phil Gould. And that's okay. You know, famous neuroscientist Phil Gould. You know, the guy who goes over to the Mayo Clinic in the off-season, and he has, like, the last 20 years. You know, he goes over to the Mayo Clinic, studies, gets smarter, you know, brings back all that smartness, and he pumps it into the league any way that he can, you know? And now he's finally found the perfect conduit in Peter Volandis. So I think we need to just chill and we know the game's in in good hands and safe hands soon it will be brought back to the stone age and hopefully nobody dies um so yeah okay let's just uh let's see what let's just hope for the best <laughs> uh and this weekend uh i don't know what to say i mean sin bin five of us we're gonna win doesn't matter 700 to six i'm sorry we have rob schneider as the football player now so we can't lose <laughs> whatever all right i'm done Hopefully I don't uh, die of hypothermia this weekend, uh, or my testicles don't die of hypothermia this weekend. And uh, I'll see you all next week. Maybe I'll be actually on the show next week. Who knows? Life is weird that way. <sighs> Scrappy-doo. <laughs> okay, then. Getting back to the Schneider thing just briefly, is this... Are we possibly seeing that this is the man to wear the seven moving forward? Is this the introduction... Oh, man. Of the we, seven we, we, for twenty twenty two, Jared Sablu. Um, uh, who was the guy that we were bringing on last season? Still playing Reggie's at the moment for us. Coming on thirteen, uh, Darby Medlin was out there. Now there was another guy. Um, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I actually quite liked him. We've seen these players come in. We've seen them go out. We've seen the Luke Bateman come through as this is the new thing. And you know, was he? Yeah, he was there for a while. So we'll see. We'll, Luke we'll... Bateman essentially was the cheapest Sean, Sean Fenson. Yeah. Sean Fenton was on big money and well we can get 
we can get Luke Bateman in there basically to do the same job. Yeah. On a lot less cash. Yeah. But there, there's Luke Bateman. He's playing up in the Queensland Cup. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he was one that was real. I had like, but he was basically getting concussed every second game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was definitely hidden in the in the wrong place. But uh, now let's get to everyone's favourite segment: Ask Clown of the Week. <laughs> Blake, who have you got? There's so many, so many Ask Clowns. Um, I in fact put out a call to uh to some of our listeners. Uh, come out with with an ass clown and, and the most our most dedicated listener of them all mm. T Mac T Mac we have to agree Tony McKillop no uh, question he's the most dedicated <laughs> but, but I, I will if you ever do go onto Twitter and look you should really read what T Mac's got to say about not just ours but the other podcasts as well because he's got some pretty good insights in there he does extensive reviews of most of the Raiders podcasts every week he nominated Luke Thompson which we've already covered the reasons why the, the eye gouge thing uh, mine I had a few um PVL, we've kind of covered the PVL we stuff, have, but have. he's 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 running the game like like some sort of crazed dictator. You know, initially, some of the stuff he's he's done is good, but so much of it just seems to be done at a whim without enough forethought and planning for my liking. And there doesn't seem to be enough consultation. I mean, you heard the Players Association come out and say they basically weren't told at all mm. that this crackdown was coming in Magic Round. So I yeah. mean, if you're gonna if you've got plans and visions, fair enough. But yeah, but again, that goes back to um, my ask plan of the week and my grinding with gears. People expecting any better from the NRL? Well, why okay. do you think they're going to actually tell those people? Fair enough. My other one um, that I actually had was Paul Kent because he's he's managed to dump poor old Ricky Stewart. Yeah, absolutely in it week after week. I think Ricky should just stop taking calls from Paul Kent. Um, he's supposed to be his best mate. But yeah, he, he totally he totally threw him under the bus. Ricky's um, an exceptionally loyal man. He totally threw him under the bus with the uh, the the netball comment. Yes, he did. Which obviously Ricky has said, you know, it's a bit of locker room talk. It was a bit of on the sly. He didn't intend to make that become like some sort of public statement. I think the choice of netball was a throwaway thing. He could have said a ballet coach, and then we would well, have why did people he have coming to... out and say, "Well, ballet actually has a very tough." Yes, exactly. What he, what, whatever he should have said, he shouldn't have said that it was a female sport. You know, he should have said, I should become a chess coach or a swimming, or whatever it is. The issue was that he was, it's, netball is, is a female sport and therefore he was seen to be denigrating females and female athletes. I know there are males that play. I, no, I, and I understand that's the case. My problem is whatever he would have compared himself to, whether it be a chess coach, whether it be uh, a dressage master or whatever, someone would have come out and said, how <laughs> dare you talk down? There's plenty of tough conversations in this area. There, well, there was no winner in that whatsoever. There was no winner in that whatsoever. You were always going to get... It, it doesn't matter what sport you say, people will say there are great athletes. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard and it's challenging and... Do you know how you define though? I've actually come up with the, the definitive, the definitive definition of how you um, differentiate between a sport and a game. Mm. And do you know what it is? In my view, anything that you can perform with a beer in your hand mm. is no longer a sport and it's a game. Mm-hmm. So, so darts, darts, darts is a game. Pool is a game. Yeah. Ten pin can, bowling. Hang on, hang on. Ten can, pin bowling can you is play a, pool with a beer in your hand. Well, you can put it down next to you. No, whilst drinking. you can't. You can't put the beer on the felt. No, well, you have a little I table. I don't know where you were raised, mate. <laughs> you have a table. But that's, that's that's in case anyone's wondering, that is how you... And I know people will still try and say that 10-pin bowlers are athletes. They're not. Look, I will They're accept, game players. Okay, I'll accept that rule as long as it's a beer or a ciggy. Oh, 100%. So if you've got a beer and a ciggy or both, it's a sport. It's, it's a game, not a sport, because you can definitely play pool with a ciggy hanging out of your cop. And darts. Yeah, oh, definitely. And 10 pin bowling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can do all those things. Yeah. And lawn bowls. Lawn bowls is not a sport. That's a game. Totally. You can definitely do that with a beer and a ciggy. Done that. Yeah. Uh, that was good. Who else you got for Ask Clown of the Week? And then my other one is um, whoever is the genius uh, on NRL 360 mm. that decided that we needed, like, the show's bad enough with Buzz Rothfield, etc. Yeah, but I can there. turn off when he's on there. Like that's easy enough. He's just that one segment. Well, Ray Hadley, did you see last night's one? Ray Hadley is now a regular correspondent. It's like, who thought that we, the rugby league, wanted anything to do with him? I wanted mean, more Ray Hadley. We've been wanting less Ray Hadley for as long as possible. Yeah, I want less Ray Hadley. Look, no, I've true to my word. I will not watch NRL three hundred and sixty while he's on the program. Well, and then, I will and give then, him no oxygen. 
that, well, this is the thing, and that, like Buzz Rothfield's kind of on there, and he's kind of everyone actually has a bit of a joke about him, and they sort of pay him out and laugh yeah, at his yeah. expense. Ray Hadley is just one of those personalities where he, I watched it last night, he sucks out all the oxygen out of room. He's such a dominant, just oh, domineering, awful, awful person. I don't it's, know what they were thinking put him on there. Uh, look, and is that is he now on there as at the expense of Brent Reed? Have they ditched Brent Reed? Because Brent Reed's actually one of the I, few. I thought it was good. And when they had, um, what's her name, the lay Lara Pitt on there. She's still on there. I, I thought she was pretty, yeah, but when she was actually sitting in the central no, she chair. Is. She will be. Oh, as the host. But no, yeah, she's still on. I thought on, she was pretty damn good at it. She's still on there. Um, and this is the thing about Fox. They choose the females that come on pretty damn well. I, I've had exposure to most of them that come on, and they actually know and love their footy. Like, they actually know and love their footy. They're not just, oh, I'm going to shove someone out there. They've all actually got teams that they followed since they were kids, and they know the game. You know, and, and, and that's one of the things they do really well. So where the Ray Hadley decision comes from, I, I just don't know. I, I just didn't understand yeah, it at all. But I, I've gone out of my way. I haven't met a single person. Years to not listen to him in any way, shape, or form, whether it be written word or on TV or um, on radio. I, I just don't listen to him because I just find him ob- objectionable in every way I can possibly imagine. I've never worked for him, but the stories I've heard have been utterly horrendous. That's horrific. He's, um, a, he's a terrible person. And yeah, like I said, I don't know I'm a single that? person that, that thinks he's... I do. I do know one. Um, who speaks very highly of him and gets on very well. I used to work with him, and that's Tim Gavel. Speaks highly of the man. So, obviously, there are different sides to the coin because I hold Tim Gavel's opinion in very high regard. So, there are sides to the coin. If we're going to have a proper conversation about this, I have to say there are humans out there who are reasonable and rational who think he's good value. I'm not one of those, but... Anyway, enough about Hadley. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, no, there, there we go. But... Um, my ass clan is people expecting any better from the NRL, you know, than what we get. We're not going to get any better. Um, I don't want to call you ass clans because I've been that ass clan, but now just accept it. Hi everyone, Lord Funkington here, and I want to thank you for all the support um, you gave uh, me for my singing last week. I know I gave it everything because I always give it everything for you and for the Raiders, uh, much like our boys will give it everything against the storm this week. Uh, some bad news filtering through about Jared Croker's knee um, to go with a bunged shoulder. Um, but, geez, he's still been giving it all out there, hasn't he? But the problem I've got, if his knee's bad, that's thanks to that bastard Cameron Smith from that purple pack of bastards in Melbourne. Those greasy, grindy, wrestly, cheaty, salary cap rorting Melbourne Storm who are going to come to our house this week and take an absolute belting home with them. Who cares if we don't have Josh Papali'i? Who cares if we don't have Jack Whiten? Who cares if we don't have Josh Hodgson? We've got Sammy Williams, mate, and the king of the baby Raiders, and we are going to see our boys do such good things this weekend. People are going to be writing songs about it. I might sing one for you next week. Raiders by 56. We have to talk about Jared Croker. Bit of a talking point, Jared Croker. Uh, so the news came out. We thought there was a possibility of returning to the side this week. Um, but the news has come out that it, whilst he has recovered from his shoulder issue, mm. he now has ongoing an ongoing knee problem that'll be assessed by on a week by week basis. So there's no time there's no time frame. There's not a lot of specifics as to what the knee issue is, mm. but there have been reports through Ricky and and his his mouthpieces on NRL 360. That um, I, I'm still incensed that you would actually say that was the case. What? That he has mouthpieces. And his mouthpieces on NR360, uh, his mates, his good mates that are usually dumping him the crap. But uh, that Jared's knee is now, there's no cartilage, yeah. and it's bone on bone. No, what just, this What this all tells I mean, this is obviously sad. This is sad. It's oh, it sad. sad to hear. And maybe it explains why some the of Jared's performance, yeah, performances weren't. You know, earlier in the season weren't up to you know the lofty standards we'd expect from him. Um, I'm thinking that there's a medical retirement on the horizon. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting. All to roads, all roads thing. lead to to a medical retirement for Jared. And and whilst it would be sad, and you know he's close to 16 matches away from 300. 300, the magic number, and I think we can all accept he's not going to catch Cameron Smith as number one point scorer in, I, in the NRL. I'd already argued that wasn't going to happen yeah. anyway. Um, I think a medal of retirement's looming. And to be honest, it's probably the best outcome for all parties concerned because 
Jared's in, owed this money, he's entitled this money, we'd all love to see him yeah, get no. this money. But at the same time, um, it'd be good if that money wasn't on the salary cap and we could use it to, to sign someone else to play the position. Yeah, but to quote the Dixie Chicks, when you've loved somebody... Oh, like it's hard. I'm not celebrating it, but you know. No, I know you're I not. I know you're not. It's just like it's just. I think it's the best for all. And look, Jared's a, a wonderful guy, and he's someone that I'm sure, when he does retire, will have a role in the club moving forward. I have a feeling he's going to go off with his mate Brad and train trotters. I have a large suspicion that's where. Ah, oh, look, he can probably do a bit of both. I'm sure he could. I'm sure there's no one. He, his love is trots. There's no it's one. You, I'm sure he also loves the, the Green Machine as well. And, oh yeah, and, but and Brittany and his and his boy. You'd still have him in an ambassadorial role oh, yeah. you know, for the club. Oh, he's, been, he's been not just a captain, he's been a really good captain and he is a really, really good bloke. I hope this isn't the end of him. I just can't see how it's not. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe he does get back in, you know, in a medical emergency if we lost more centres that, you know, he comes back. But I think that's the end. Going back to the Storm match, look, we, could, we can win this match. It's not out of the question. According to the bookmakers, we can't. <laughs> yeah, the bookmakers in the two-horse race with us at home with the Storm missing three of their best players have the Raiders at $6.50. I know. I don't think, we're, I, I don't think we've ever been I, such I, outsiders at home. I mean, I don't really closely follow um, odds Well, since bookies. I've been following, I've never seen us at home. The, the, this, no. uh, the, this level here. And that amount of... But I, I did watch people on um, last week on Twitter saying that... The Bulldogs at six fifty or eight dollars, whatever they, they were, were going 50. to match. Yeah, going in that that was. Looking I was tempted pretty good. and for a second it was looking pretty good. But look, I think the Raiders can win this, but it comes down to a very simple game plan, very well executed. The defence being impeccable and taking their chances. Yeah, there is a chance that'll happen. And look, there can be luck. And as as I said to great supporter of the show and the provider of the world's greatest theme song for any Canberra Raiders. Uh, podcast in Dennis Carnahan um, I did say to him look when he was saying we had the match against the doggies in the bag where one sin bin and a couple of injuries away from that going on its head and when that started looking like it was going to happen did I send him some abuse oh yes I did for the mozzer that he brought upon us um, but look we can if, if they get unlucky um, but we have to remember we haven't beaten the stormy camera since that wonderful Monday night back in 2016 Do you know in my actual recent living memory that's the only time I've actually been in the flesh to a game where we've beaten the Storm. Really? Yeah. I've just been to so many games where we've lost to the Storm. In the flesh, I've been down in Melbourne when we beat them. I did well, a sideline could... gig in 2012 when we beat them. Well, that, that was a great night. And there were, there were quite a few victories in Melbourne where we beat them. But yeah, all the ones I've been to, that's the only time in the flesh we've actually beaten them. Uh, in I think we beat them in '99 at home, and in 2001 at home we beat. We them. also so beat them. Those. We beat them at home in 20. The one where Paul Vaughan scored the try. Yeah, yeah. I was moving tw- house. It was 2013, 2013 or 2014. Yeah, that's right. And then yeah. that was Easter, and then we went yeah. on to lose everything after that for yeah. quite a while. Yes, that was good. That was a great try from Paul Vaughan running back yeah. inside the ruck. But look, we we can beat them, but everything has to go right for us, and a lot has to go wrong for them. I, I was overseas seen... for another one. I think 2008 or 2009, we beat them as well. That was the first time we'd beaten them in 10. It was yeah. nine um, when that happened. I haven't seen who's been named. Troy Thompson the... dancing in the in the dressing room. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah, mate. Troy great Thompson. Moments. Great real estate agent in Canberra. If you're looking to sell your house on the north side, Troy Thompson. <laughs> LJ, LJ Hooker Gangarland, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, go, go, go look him up because, uh, you know, he, he's there. Yeah, he's and, a good bloke. He's a good bloke. And uh, very, very close friends still of um, of our Alan Tongue. Very close, those two. Speaks highly of it. Been getting a few record sales as well. Um, goes there. Now, we got to go to the stage that everybody loves. The extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Well, who is on the extended bench? we got Matt Tomoko, Sia Soliola coming back from injury, Saliva Havili and Harry Rushton, both of whom have been named in the New South Wales Cup side. We have discussed, we probably think Tomoko will be 18th man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you to drop back to New South Wales Cup. They have a man called Booth, Cooper Johns, Liero, I believe is his name, and Aaron Mayer on their is extended Cooper Johns bench. Is, Cooper Johns is the half Johns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He must be really well down the pecking order. When you look at um, yes. you look at the halves that the Storm have used, because Riley right. Jacks played his first game in a long time, and then he got KO'd or something. 
He's yeah, 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 he got smacked in the head. Now, yeah. but um, I, I do have some bad news. I, I think, look, the the Raiders just nominally, marginally have the extended bench on there, but, you know, not with any great thing. But some very bad news for you all out there. The lead ref for Saturday night's game is Jerry Sutton. So that uh, that's why there's 650 out there, because... Who's the, the chance, video ref? Uh, the video ref is, well, it's not actually saying... Oh, no, Matt Noyan. That's that's not the end of the I've world. Casey him. Casey Badger on one wing and Liam Kennedy on the other. So good, good touches there. I don't know the last time that we won a match with Jared Sutton officiating, but I think it was a long, 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 long time ago. So you've got a listener of the week for us. Yeah, it's Chris the Aussie in Dubai. Oh, nice. He's, one, a, he's a regular listener and regular contributor. Thanks, um, Chris. Whenever I look at the the stats from where our listeners are located around the world um, there's always one in the in the United Arab Emirates and I'm assuming that's Chris so thanks for listening Chris uh, we had a lot of listeners briefly we blew up in blew up in Moscow but it seems to have dropped off again so I think that was another case of the VPNs but do you know which city the majority of the Blake and the Pork listeners reside in? Sydney yeah Sydney right more than Canberra interestingly enough right expats yes okay that's, a, that's an interesting scenario there but there are reasons to be cheerful Blake reasons to be cheerful Part three. One, two, three. We snapped the losses. We snapped the run of losses. No, no matter how ugly or hard it was, <laughs> we got away with a win. And that was a great relief. Uh, Hodjo came back and he wasn't just good, he was great, um, unfortunately, out there. He still looks He still looks obviously a little bit slow and a little bit proppy. And one of the things that we're really, when you think about like the scrutiny that Josh Hodgson has been under this this year, mm. he's coming back for another major knee surgery. Yeah, yeah. And traditionally, players pretty much take like they're out for a year with that with a with an acl they pretty much come back the following year you know and they don't really get back to their best the next season after that so i think i think he's doing pretty well no you I know think... consider all things considered and yeah i think the people forget um i i, I really and i think because last time he came back from from his knee he hit the ground running straight away so i don't know whether we just expect him to do the same this time but well, I think he did come back and hit the ground running in that particular match. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. I thought he was, you know, he, he won the B and the P man of the match. Um, so, you know, that's 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 something to recognize. He doesn't look explosive. Yeah, he did make a break there. He didn't look so... No, but he did make a break, didn't he? I know. That was impressive. He did make a break. And and that's 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 a key. A key. Yeah, the other reason to be cheerful is we're back in the top eight again. Unbelievable. How does that happen? Sunday night, there was a brief period where... Um, Penrith had put on a lot of points. Yeah. Suddenly, our for and against had improved past the Titans. Magically. We went, into, we went into the top eight. Then the Titans scored a couple of tries. We were out of the eight again. And then Cleary, uh, I think in the last couple of minutes of the game, scored again and, to put us back in the eight. So we're in the eight. And there's this... I do these stats, right, where I see, you know, at the end of round 10, what the cutoffs are. And one of the firmest cutoffs is if you're not in the eight by the end of round 10, in the NRL era, there's only been one time... Where a side outside the eight by the end of round ten has made the, has won the grand it's final. It's West Tigers, and it's it? the West Tigers yeah. in two thousand and five. I've heard you say that. And before. we made the eight by four and again, and that's that. That's the absolute cutoff. Now, so we still, still have a chance. We still you a chance. still have to go on and make the um, top four because that's that's a hard and, and fast rule. But um, having said that, there's still a chance, and if we win. 11 of our remaining 14 games we can actually make. Just as everything plays out as it currently is, we will make the top four, which is, you know, absolutely amazing. So people, like we said last week with uh, Lord Funkington's brilliant version of Don't Stop Believing, don't stop believing. And and we have got to thank everyone out there for the, the wonderful reaction we've had to to uh, the Lord Funkington giving it his all and that. And I, I think we can accept that, you know... Coming soon, a new spin-off show. Yeah. Raiders Karaoke... Yeah. With with Lord of Funkington and the Pork, send in your, send your submissions, not to me, not to the show, directly to the Pork, because I don't I don't want anything to do with this this spin-off show. Uh, but yeah, now, sing I... sing your Raiders themed um, karaoke songs. Yeah, yeah, but and, and that's right, and, and and bring them in. So tweet when you've got them, and I'll give you an address uh, to to send them to. But good news is we got the votes in. I gave a lot of nominations about what Blake is actually going to be singing next. So we had the choice of Papa's Got Back to the old Sir Mix-a-Lot song. We had It's Not Easy Being Green by by Kermit um, going there. But but winning quite uh, easily... Oh, I've forgotten what it was now. What the hell was it? 
Um, I thought I was hoping it was Papa got back, which is you know what I. Really I voted for it. Johnny come home. Uh, Johnny come home. That's right. With, with the old fine young cannibal song, which is a very very good song. So <clears throat> I was thinking that actually might be the one that actually got up for him to be doing. But in fact, it's the old racy song made famous uh, by Tony Basil later on. Oh Mickey singing Oh Ricky. So we'll be having uh, Blake performing it's that one happen. next week at the end. It will because <laughs> the, the, pork, the Blake and the Porkless have spoken and that's the one that's coming up. So Oh Ricky will be it's coming not gonna up. happen. Blake Stradamus. Yeah, can you do? Can you sing a little intro music? Because Dennis is going to do... Can you do but your... I don't have any Blake Stradamus You music. do. Blake Stradamus. Oh, Blake Stradamus. But Dennis is making us a, a thing for that. He's accepted the challenge. So, what was Blake Stradamus last week? Uh, I think it was Moses Sambai. Oh, coming to Canberra, you saw him or anything? Yeah, but no, apparently he's that. going to the Dragons. Is he? The Dragons want him. The Dragons want everyone. But so apparently he just got yeah. lost and came to Canberra. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's All on right. his way down to Wollongong and he kept on going. Uh, so coming soon. Oh yes, what else? So this this is another it's another potential player swap, someone coming into the squad. I've just got a feeling that Milford's gonna come home in twenty twenty two. I think you only burned Ricky once. I think the house was thrown at the MILF. And if I think to, I think he's gonna come back. It'd be at I a think cut he's rate and back. it would be with Josh Papali attaching some caveats on his tenure at the club with it, I would imagine. Then I could see it happening. Uh, so I actually put i it's, it's a bit like the um you know, the secret yeah. uh, where you sort of put something out into the universe and mm. hopefully it comes out to you. I actually sent Ricky a text uh, a couple of days ago mm. suggesting have you looked at Anthony, what are your thoughts? Mm. Now Ricky, he hasn't got back to me yet, so it's not an outright no. He's probably still considering it. Yes. I'm taking his silence, his non-responding. I mean, he doesn't respond to a lot of my texts. Really? Yeah. But I, I, I think he's. I think it's still a chance. So we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Like I said, with Blake's Jarmus, like Pox's Jarmus, well, it's look, not always right. No, no. <laughs> I, look, I tend to wait till I'm good and drunk before I text the coach. Um, I think he's used to that by now. He's probably drunk too. Uh, who knows? Uh, but coming soon, we're after this match, we're away to the Roosters uh, next Saturday night, 29th of May, at the Central Coast. God knows what team they're going to be able to field because while their team is actually looking pretty good, um, young Sam Walker's made a good fist of it. That that that's a you know, it's, if we lose this week against Storm, that becomes a must win. The thing about the Roosters and the Storm, it it kind of doesn't really seem to matter, you know, who's out. Yeah, yeah. They still always put on a break. Yeah, they always put. They always put. On they're, a thing. they're very well disciplined, coached, uh, organized organizations. You know, but uh, to play, it's, like, it's like write the roosters off at your peril. Yeah, I, I think I've wrote an article about that just recently. Myself. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then they lost immediately after that. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I put the mozzer on them. But uh, to take us out this week, uh, in lieu of how popular that Lord Funkington's uh, version of "Don't Stop Believing," and yes, there will be. Uh, a CD coming out of all of these versions for you Blake and the Porkless out there come the end of the season when we're finished including Blake's version of Oh Ricky um, I'm doing Johnny are you, uh, okay I'll, I'll accept it if you do <laughs> Johnny we're sorry um, to take us out this week is uh, a young man a young man a, a young aspiring man could be anyone with could be any one of us with a dream and he's going out he's just trying to do his best in this, this hard world and uh, he likes himself a bit of uh Tom Jones. Anyway, I you've been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk to you again soon. The stadium looks the same as I wait for the main game And there to meet me A Georgie boy and Harjo Down the race I look And there runs Johnny Still in green and ours completely It's good to watch the green at home Yes, they'll all defend completely arms tackling 
sliding sweetly It's good to watch the green, green raiders at home The old horn is still blowing Though victor is cracked and dry And there is overpriced food that's barely, barely Ten of those and I'll puke till Sunday. It's great to watch the green, green raiders at home. Then I wake and look around me at the second half implosion that surrounds me. And I realize, yes, I was only dreaming. There's an empty bench and a sad old Ricky On and on he'll hate the touchies again I'll watch the green, green raiders implode Yes, they'll all come to beat me As they try to put on 50 as they bury our hopes neath the green, green grass.